Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction. In exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Her Creation. He called this experience All of the women in my family die at age 27. Part 3. Please allow me to tell you his tale. Thank you all for your comments and messages making sure I'm staying safe. Offering suggestions, highlighting potential clues, and bringing possible warning signs to my attention. You've been instrumental in my journey not only to exist past 27, but to understand where I've come from, where I'm going, and how to make this all right. For me, that started with making sure my son was safe. After my father revealed a cult was breeding the women of my bloodline for sons, I was terrified for my own child. As I made the long drive back home, speeding far over the limit yet somehow not quickly enough, questions plagued my mind. What could they possibly want with him? Had they already found him? What would they do to him, or what had they already done? They had already orchestrated the murder of my sisters, my mother. I wouldn't put it past them to harm him, or me, now that they'd surely found the mangled body I'd left behind. Now, I didn't mention my son straight away because I don't think I have the right to call myself his mother. I gave birth to him almost four years ago, but I certainly had no part in raising him. I never expected to get pregnant in my life, and I certainly never expected to keep a pregnancy that was conceived through an assault. But part of me wanted to prove I could be a better parent than my father was. In the months leading up to his birth, though, I knew I couldn't be that for him. I was terrified I would end up like my father, and it felt selfish to put my child through the same grief of losing a mother so young. Back then, I thought I still had an expiration date. I gave him up to a couple who couldn't conceive on their own. They were overjoyed to take him. I didn't want to hang around and confuse him, but his new parents agreed to maintain contact in case of a medical emergency. I clung to this glimmer of hope on the trip home, knowing that as soon as I got back all I needed to do was find their contact information. It didn't take long, minutes after pulling into my garage. I was already dialing their number. I whispered soft pleas into the receiver as I waited for their answer. It was late by then, but this could not wait until morning. The line had almost run through to voicemail when a confused woman answered with a groggy greeting. Immediately, words spilled from my mouth like vomit jumbled and rushed. I wasn't about to tell her what happened that day, so I just told her I'd had a bad feeling about my, well, her, son, that I needed to know he was okay. Her long, exhausted sigh and hesitance to answer sent my heart racing. When she finally spoke, my blood ran cold. 
She offered an apology, saying that he'd been placed with another family a year prior due to unexpected behavioral issues. Mainly, he had a knack for breaking things. No matter how closely they watched him, she attempted to reassure me by insisting she'd gone through an agency that actively sought out problem children, that he'd been placed with a family more up to the challenge. She couldn't provide much information on his new family, but she knew that he was still in the state. Her answers were infuriatingly vague and noncommittal. I knew I wouldn't get much more from her, so I hung up the phone after she agreed to forward me whatever information she had on the adoption and the name of the agency. A simple Google search made it clear that it wasn't even a real organization in the first place. I spent the next few hours agonizing over the whereabouts of my son, leaving frantic messages at any agency I could find, though I knew they wouldn't hear them until morning. I tried to tell myself that perhaps the agency had just been renamed, but it seemed unlikely. I was left distraught and terrified for my child. Part of me just knew that the cult already had him. It took over a week of sleuthing, but I'm ecstatic to say that I did, indeed, find the location of my son with the meager information provided. He was still in the state, but I live in a pretty large state. So, another long journey. I made contact with his new mother, who agreed to a visit just so I could check up on him. I thought maybe she understood the whole mother's intuition thing. I packed my things and piled into my car, setting off immediately. Only about 20 minutes in did I start to entertain the idea that this was most certainly a trap. I'd had a bad feeling about going to my dad's, but I had the element of surprise on my side then. And that was certainly gone now. Pure terror circulated through my system that whole drive, my hands jittering and barely able to grip the wheel. In the late afternoon, I arrived at a beautiful house. One of those houses that seems too good to be true. One of those houses that you know is just a facade for familial dysfunction. I know because I used to live in one of those. As I pulled up, I took a moment to ready myself in the car. As if I was waiting in the wings, rehearsing my lines one more time before going on stage. As I looked out, I swear for a moment I could see a figure in the window. Something pale, watching. My blood ran cold. It didn't seem to move when I saw it. Instead, cocked its head slightly. Curious. Nervously, I exited the car and knocked on the door. A gaunt young woman in a white summer dress cracked it open. Oh, hi, um, Laura. She squeaked, visibly flustered. She raked a hand of bony fingers through her stringy brown hair as she pulled the door wide open. I'm Catherine. Come on in. Tentatively, I trudged into the mansion on the thick soles of my combat boots. Suddenly aware of how clunky I appeared in comparison to her. Light on her bare feet, she was as dainty and delicate as a daisy. Yet a hollow look in her eye made her seem. Wilted, she led me to an immaculate kitchen, offered me a seat. Sorry to bother you like this, I began awkwardly, clearing my throat. Um, where is he? Oh, he's upstairs, she replied, wandering about the room to fix a couple glasses of water. Playing with Lucia, his sister. Cool, cool. I answered, trailing off. Studying her features, I internally remarked at how similar we were in appearance despite our clear differences in mannerisms. Something seemed so familiar about her when she turned her back to me to open a cupboard. It all became clear. A cluster of freckles on the back of her left shoulder. One that I'd always insisted gleefully looked just like the constellation Virgo. Katie, I breathed. She turned to face me. 
A brief moment of clarity flickered behind her sunken eyes before ultimately vanishing. Catherine, Katie, I pleaded. It's me, your cousin, L. I know we haven't seen each other since we were little, but if you're trapped, I can help you. Please come with me. Drawing a sharp breath in, she responded almost as if rehearsed. Recited as a daughter of the precipice. It is my destiny, my honor, my place in the order to be sacrificed. Before I had a chance to respond, she was already screeching at the top of her lungs. Help, Craig. Focusing on her body, I pushed her into the wall to hold her still. But the damage had already been done. I could hear hurried footsteps plodding down the stairs. An elderly man suddenly emerged in the doorway. Despite the unhinged expression across his face, I immediately recognized him from the old family photos I poured over in my youth, trying to get to know my mother, to get closer to her. Fuck's sake, I sighed, a hapless attempt to disguise my fear as I recognized him as my grandfather, as my mother's father. I took hold of him immediately, freezing him in place, yet found it difficult to maintain my attention on two living beings with free will at once. My grip wavered between the two until I was able to maintain a consistent, albeit weaker, hold on both of them. But my focus deteriorated entirely when a young boy crept out from behind my grandfather's frame. A pale young boy with chestnut hair and bright hazel eyes full of curiosity. A young boy who appeared nearly identical to my own self at his age. Because he was mine. Do it now. My grandfather demanded, gesturing wildly in my direction. The child hesitated a moment before nodding mutely. He gave me a firm look that I immediately recognized the one I'd used frequently since acquiring my powers. I braced myself for the impact, but nothing more than a slight vibration overcame me. A weakened version of my own abilities. I assumed, taking care to avoid the young boy. I returned my stare to my grandfather's body to gather him up in my hold once more. My heart almost stopped as I struggled to make contact with his form. As I realized, I didn't have any power at all. I just looked like some stupid asshole, glaring at an old man expecting something to happen. His reaction was one of shock, too, but with an undertone of awe. I, I knew it, he stammered, gazing at my sudden paralysis of power. His initial joy escalating into uproarious laughter. It's been you all along. The prophecy, Catherine mused, pacing across the kitchen to get a closer look. The one who will put an end to the daughters. She called out to Lucia before kneeling on the tile floor before the boy, laying her forehead on the cool surface. A young girl, perhaps a year older than my son, with near-white blonde hair popped in and followed suit. A whole charade made me sick. You mean to wipe us all out? I sneered, using anger as a front for my clear powerlessness. Your own family. He nodded his head contentedly in return. As it has been foretold, the daughters of the precipice are a danger to this world. Too unruly, too unyielding, too powerful. Generations have passed down the promise that one day, one glorious day, a son will be born with the ability to rob the daughters of their abilities, to weaken them so they may be slain. A wicked grin twisted his features as he ruffled the top of my son's hair. And it was you who delivered him to us. And then, what? You'll just keep killing any girls born in the future. Any, any girls alive now. I stammered, looking forlornly, fearfully, at Lucia. You're telling me you're going to kill that little girl right there, right now. 
The older man simply raised his eyebrows as if to communicate that he had no qualms in doing so. As it has been foretold, his complete detachment from humanity, from reality, left me trembling. I knew it'd all be over if I didn't act quickly. I gazed softly at the young boy. Hey, what's your name, kid? Kid, that's what I've always called him in my mind. Just kid. He'd often pop into my mind during the most mundane tasks, and I had no name to call him. I'd think, I wonder what kid is doing. I wonder if kid is okay. I wonder if kid is happy. I wonder if kid's family loves him. Blinking in confusion, he stuttered, Ely. Ali, okay, I breathed, holding my lips tight together to fight off tears. I didn't want to tell you this way, Ali, but these people do not love you. They are using you to hurt innocent people like me, like Catherine, like Lucia. They killed my mom, my sisters. Please, please let me go so I can take you somewhere safe. She's a liar, Ali. The elderly man snapped, raving like an absolute lunatic. He drew an ornate blade from his waistband. We need to put her down, put them all down, like the vermin they are. His eyes welled over, and I could almost sense the internal battle raging within. Tears finally started to streak his face as the tingling sensation began to ebb. And no, I, I like my sister. Eliz's hold finally broke as he grabbed Lucia by her elbow to flee from the room. I filled the old man with my energy until he was unable to move. As still as a statue, driving my focus into the knife. I snatched it from him to suspend it in midair. I took a deep, calming breath before catapulting it in his direction. The blade was already out of my mental grasp by the time I realized Catherine had launched off of the floor to lunge in front of the man. The weapon buried deep into her neck, taking her to the ground instantly. I scrambled to help her only to realize I'd never healed before, and I certainly did not know how. She swatted my vague attempts away as she pulled the dagger out. I watched in horror as she plunged the blade back into her chest, gasping. A delighted grin spread across her face in her last moments. An overwhelming surge of anger flared within me, both at my grandfather and at myself for Catherine's demise. I closed my eyes to steady my emotions, but found myself back on that cliff as soon as I opened them. Kneeling at its very edge, whipping wind chapped my face as I gazed at the churning black rapids below. Just beneath the surface, I could get a clearer view of the shadowy mass below, dynamic in its shape, seeming to stretch and move in every direction, shifting constantly, amorphous and vague, yet clearly belonging to one collective intelligence. Shittering whispers arose from below, the individual words indiscernible yet the message entirely clear. Jump! I furiously shook my head in response to the command, to rid myself of its enticing pull. Reality materialized back around me, a pool of blood had spread beneath me, soaking through the knees of my jeans. With the crash of the waves subsiding, I could hear a low, guttural moan behind me. I turned to find my grandfather in pieces on the floor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Still alive yet clearly in agony. 
His top half was torn from his legs, which lay motionless across the room. Slick visceral gore trailed from where he'd been severed, ragged, and uneven. I rose to my feet to finish him off, though I'm afraid to admit I wasn't aware I'd even started in the first place. He whimpered as I followed the trail of blood towards him, but traded cowardice for fury once I crouched beside him. Vale, they'll find you, he strained through gritted teeth. His face was pale and covered in sweat, as it has been foretold. Let them, I seethed before sending all of my energy into his neck, snapping it with such force that his head nearly spun. As it has been foretold, my ass. Listen, I hope you all will understand why I've been absent for so long after reading this. I'm now caring for not only my son, but for Lucia as well. I was surprised by their willingness to come with me after I'd slaughtered their previous guardians. But the children had sadly suffered abuse at their hands. It's been an adjustment for sure, but I'm committed to keeping them safe. I resolved to protect them as I drove them to their new home, as I knew we'd all be in danger of being found. I just didn't expect it to happen so quickly. As I pulled up to my place, I knew we'd already been found. I knew because a strange man was there, banging on the door. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day.